It is that time again for yet another NBA draft profile on one of the hottest prospects in the entire 2021 NBA draft. This time, we're going to look at the big fella, Evan Mobley from USC. How can he fit with the Thunder? What are the big concerns of his games? What are the elite traits of his game? And so much more. All coming up on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L-O Thunder Pod. Email the show, L-O Thunder Pod at gmail.com. Call into the show for 7128 on today's show, brought to you by Michelob Ultra, and only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. We're going to dive in to yet another 2021 NBA Draft profile, giving you all you need to know about a possible Thunder prospect. Today's prospect is Evan Mobley from USC. Many people have him as a second overall prospect on this draft. He's very talented. He's very highly coveted, and we're going to get into the overview of him with his measurables, his strengths, his weaknesses, his availability, and his ceiling and his floor in NBA comps, and how he fits with the Oklahoma City Thunder. So a lot to get to today regarding Evan Mobley. We start with the overview. He's a seven-footer. He weighs 215. He's going to be 19 years old from USC, and he has incredibly high upside As a two-way star, he could do it on both ends of the floor as a good interior defender and a really good offensive weapon. It's a risk, though, because he is a seven-footer, and drafting big men in this day and age is a pretty risky proposition. And it seems to have a higher failure rate than most because even whenever you get a good talent, they're more susceptible to injuries at that size, at that height. So a lot can go wrong, but... If everything went right, it'd be a really great pick. This Thunder organization could be the very best landing spot for Evan Mobley of any NBA team. Let's start with his strengths and his weaknesses. What does he do well on the floor? Why is Evan Mobley pretty much everyone's number two? Uh, You know, just around the, the NBA media landscape. Evan Mobley is an elite shot blocker. He's very good at rotating. He's very good at, at finding the matchup on who to pick up. He's very good in the interior defense category. His shot blocking is off the charts. I mean, you will not find a better shot blocker than Evan Mobley. He's that kind of talent in that area. Now, he's also a great man-to-man defender. I really enjoy that he defends with his feet and positioning and understands how to play defense. He's not relying on overwhelming these college kids because he's 7 foot and 215. He does not foul a whole lot. He is able to utilize his size to his advantage without fouling. To do all of that at this age makes him a high IQ player. 
And it makes it more realistic that this skill set will translate to the next level. If he was just simply fouling all the time, but blocking shots and being a force down there, I, I wouldn't really consider him an elite level, you know, potential at the NBA level. Yudoka Azubuki, he was a guy that did not have a motor and did not was not in any conditioning shape whatsoever and fouled a ton, but he was bigger than everybody else on the floor. He was simply just bigger, and so of course he's going to block shots. Of course he'll protect the rim at the college game, uh, but he'll also get you in a lot of foul trouble. And yet the Jazz still, for some reason, took a first-round pick on him uh, late in last year's draft. But nonetheless, like that's that's not the case with Mobley. Mobley does everything the right way and just so happens to be seven feet. I think the best way to put it is that Mobley uses that size to his advantage and not relying on that size. Most players will just rely on that size and not necessarily use it to their advantage and still play defense the way that you're taught to play defense. Now, while he's a really great man-to-man defender, I do wonder what his switchability is like at the NBA level. You know, whenever you're going against elite athletes and you know everyone on the floor can can kill you, unlike in college. But I still think that his size and his IQ and the way that he takes angles allows him to uh, regroup and to gain ground quickly if a guard does blow by him initially. So I think he has the potential to be one of the best defenders in the NBA and a, and a player at his position, you know, of course at center and down low, they get more recognition for this award, the defensive player of the year. He, he can do that kind of stuff at the NBA level that will allow it himself to kind of flourish and be that type of player. But it does not end there on the defensive end. He's also a really talented offensive weapon. Now I do worry about his offense more than his defense, I think that with his frame and the way that you have to project him filling out with an NBA coaching staff and training staff, uh, that he's going to be a really good defender at the very least, if not better. Uh, but offensively, um, I think that he'll be a great and an elite pick and roll partner. And hello, SGA would be incredible with Evan Mobley. I'm not sure what else I can depend on besides his uh, pick and roll ability. Uh, he can he can do it at a high level, and he'll have the point guard an SGA uh, that can set him up and feed him in the post and, and just be a great duo together and create a lot of points together because not only can SGA pass the ball efficiently in the pick and roll, but he can finish at the rim. And SGA can not only just finish at the rim, he can also pull up and on a stop jump shot and get the defense off balance that way in the pick and roll with Evan Mobley. The thing is, I, I'm not quite sure if Evan Mobley will ever be able to space the floor offensively. And right now... While he can finish in the post and he can start his action in the post and he can get his back to the basket and play down there offensively, he's doing all this in college. I'm not sure if that translates to the NBA game. And he does not have that kind of refined post skill set, that post move uh, that will allow him to, to duplicate something and to go back to something. That kind of reliable backbone of his offense, right? That's something that, that he knows that if he's in trouble, he can get to. But he will truly be amazing as a pick-and-roll partner for SGA. And I think that the SGA-Evan Mobley connection and the, and the way that they can counterbalance each other and the way that they can play off of each other would be the best pairing in the draft for Evan Mobley. I think if you got the truth serum out and you had Evan Mobley say which guards that he'd like to play for of those that are realistically um, going to pick that high in the draft, he would have SGA number one with a bullet, in my opinion. I, I don't know if that's a fact or not, but... For me, watching his game, I think that him and SGA can can be a real duo together. But he has been a good post scorer at the college game. 
I wonder how that translates to the NBA level. He's a really good passer out of the post for his size. He will not be some Jokic type of player, but he can keep the offense flowing with the ball in his hands. And that's something that Mark really likes and really enjoys having in an offensive weapon. So I think that it, it kind of just hinges on what you view his post scoring as. Do you view his post scoring as repeatable and something that he can utilize in the NBA? Or do you have questions about that? And that's up for you to decide whenever you go watch him play and, and watch the tape of Evan Mobley. But Because he can do it. He has film out there of him scoring in the post and scoring uh, quite efficiently in the post. Uh, but it's about finding those moves that he can depend on and he can duplicate over and over again. Because he's a smart player. He's a high IQ player. And that can be a trait right there. Uh, the fact that he's a high IQ player that can relieve some of those worries about his post-scoring ability at the NBA level because he's smart enough to understand how to use his body and how to use angles and how to how to protect the ball with his body, how to shield off defenders, how to do how to seal off defenders, and how to do all those things. So if he can understand that, then you have to assume with time, even if his interior scoring is not elite off the charts day one, by year three, by year four, it will be where it needs to be. Uh, to make him an all-around really good player on the offensive end as well as the defensive end because he's a really good finisher. I mean, he has a feathery touch around the rim. He can get shots to fall. And so with that soft touch, you'd imagine it will uh, lend itself to him playing well from the elbow to the low block and finding moves within that range that allows him to finish because the only finishing trait that you're not quite sold on is him finishing through NBA contacts and NBA bodies. So he'll do it in a different way than just using brute strength, at least at the start of his NBA career. Coming up, we're going to talk about Evan Mobley's fit with the Oklahoma City Thunder, his weaknesses on the basketball floor, his floor, his ceiling, his NBA comps, and where you'll find him available in this year's NBA draft. But first, I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at Credit Karma. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make financial decisions, and now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can have a reward for good money habits. Who doesn't want instant gratification? If you're looking for satisfaction, there's no need to wait. With Credit Karma money, you could win cash reimbursements for debit purchases. Credit Karma money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases when you use your Credit Karma money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your instant Credit Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Credit Karma money has already given over $3 million in instant karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Open your FDIC-insured spending account for free. There's no minimum balance required, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll be automatically entered to win $1 million. Credit Karma money? Progress starts here. Right now, visit creditkarma.com com slash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash win money to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and items apply. See rules making services provided by MVP Bank Inc. 
member FDIC, maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Now, I want to say right now, but I got friends over at rockauto.com. Folks, rockauto.com is incredible. I love rockauto.com. Why do I love rockauto.com? It's because I know nothing about cars, and that makes me the perfect spokesperson for rockauto.com. How is that the case, you ask? Well, I don't have to know anything about cars. All I have to know is my make, my model, my year, and they're only going to show me car parts. So that are compatible with my vehicle. That way I'm not wasting any money or time or effort on parts I do not need, parts I cannot use. It's that simple. It's that easy. RockAuto.com is a very great website. It's easy to navigate. It's laid out perfectly. It's laid out smooth. It's not overwhelming. Trust me, go to RockAuto.com. They have an amazing selection of all their reliably low prices and all their parts for your car that you'll ever need. RockAuto.com. Tell them that Lockdown sent you and the how did you hear about a box and they'll know what to do from there. There's no point to go to a standard local auto parts store. They're going to upcharge you. They're going to make you wait. They're going to tap, tap, tap on that computer trying to find the part you need. You can do that tapping yourself on your computer at home. Just go to rockauto.com and find all the parts your car will ever need. They are incredible, folks. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices of the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Tell them that Lockdown sent you. And the how did you hear about a box? And so we are back on the Lockdown Thunder podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Let's dive in now to Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley. His weaknesses, number one, with a bullet. I mean, this is the biggest weakness I see for him is that I do not think that he'll ever be a true floor spacer. He has a bad free throw. He's a bad free throw shooter in college. You know that I use that free throw shooting as a ability or as a measuring stick to see how guys can extend their range. He's a bad one. He shot just 31% in college, very small sample size on both, but it does not seem like he's going to stretch the floor. It just doesn't. And whenever you're drafting a guy who can't trust the floor in 2021. I'm going to be very concerned about his potential fit in this offense and in this day and age with the NBA landscape. Now you can also be concerned by his frame in the sense of he could be susceptible to getting back down in the post a lot. Now this is a weakness that unlike the shooting, I'm not too afraid of because yes, he could theoretically be exposed as a, as a, target defensively of a, of a center who wants to back him down the post. But how many centers are doing that anymore? How many big men are doing that anymore? And how many big men want to post you up and are also bigger than Evan Mobley? Not very many. I mean, could, could theoretically Joel Embiid just back him down into oblivion? Sure. But how many Joel Embiid's are there? It, it, it's kind of a, it's kind of a lost weakness, right? It, it kind of doesn't really matter anymore the way that now shooting really matters for big men. Uh, so I, I think that you have to be scared of a, of a big man that can only do it inside and lacks a dominant frame because, as we mentioned before, he relies on that feathery touch and, and credit to him for having a soft touch around the rim. That's a trait that sometimes will lead to guys being able to extend their range if they can finish softly around the rim. Uh, but the free throw percentage and the three-point percentage, I think, is a better barometer of that. And that's why I'm more concerned about his ability to extend his range. But that being said, if you're a big man and you, and you cannot dominate with your frame and you're entering the NBA and you're going to try to work down low, uh, what does that do for your offensive game? Maybe he's going to be bad against Rudy Gobert, but most bigs are bad against Rudy Gobert, right? So again, it goes back to uh, how many times 
will Evan Mobley face a guy that can really expose his frame and can really expose the fact that he can't just use his brute strength to get by you in the post and to back you down in the post. So yes, it's a weakness, but how many times can that flaw be revealed? Uh, Not very many in, in this day and age. Now, in general, I'm just personally scared of big men. I think it's important for everybody that's going to try to do talent evaluation to admit their biases because we all have them. Uh, Both true NBA scouts have them. I have them. Every media member has them. Fans have them. Teams have them. Everyone has biases. And for me, it's big men. I, I, at the top of the draft, I do not like drafting big men. I think that it goes wrong more often than not. I think that I'd rather have the, the potential of a guy who can truly impact the game more like on the wing, someone that plays on the perimeter. So to me, putting the eggs of the franchise in the Evan Mobley basket as a big man is a bit scary uh, because of the weaknesses we just outlined and also because seven-footers are more likely to get hurt and more likely to uh, not pan out because of it. Uh, I mean, anyone can get hurt, obviously, but you're heightening that chance whenever you're getting a guy that is standing seven feet. So I just think that for me personally, we have to be transparent. That's a weakness for me of just, uh, do I really want a big minute pick number two? Like, do I really want to take that chance? We've seen it go wrong quite a few times. Now, the other weaknesses for Evan Mobley, again, I'm not that concerned about. The turnover issue, I have to give him the same pass I give everybody, right? I give everybody a pass with the turnovers in college because the floor is smaller, uh, because of the lack of spacing, because of the fact that he's going to be the only elite player on the floor with USC, and the attention's going to be on him. And I, I just don't want to hold that against him. And he won't be asked to be a, a playmaker the same way that he was at UFC. His role's going to be different, and the ball will be out of his hands more, and he won't have the chance to turn the ball over that much more. I do not think it's a huge problem. I do not think that it will be every entry pass. He just turns it over, and he can't hold on to it. I think he has really good hands. I think that the, the problem comes whenever he's putting the ball in the deck, and you're not going to have him do that all too much too fast. You're going to let him grow in that area to where the turnovers will eventually not be an issue. Because for me, the turnovers in terms of getting the ball stolen away is not something that's irrecorrectable or uncorrectable, I should say. I think that it's very correctable for him because he has the IQ and the talent to overcome that if you give him time. The Thunder, hypothetically, would give him time. I do not worry about the turnovers. I do worry, though, about what his go-to move is, as we addressed earlier. That is... An unfair worry, maybe, because he's 19 years old and then he has plenty of time to find a go-to move and how many 19-year-olds have a go-to move. And on the flip side of that, if you had a go-to move in college, it would really matter because you have not really tried that go-to move out at the NBA level <laughs> against NBA-caliber competition. You've tried it against Cal State. It's, it's just kind of different. Now, this is a funny weakness, but why not have some fun at the end of this segment? Why not have some fun on this Tuesday? A weakness for Evan Mobley? is Chris Fisher. Now, I love Chris Fisher. He's a very technically sound broadcaster, does a good job, gets an unfair shock, I think, from the the fan base because he's so by the book and so technically and fundamentally sound, it's impressive. Now, Chris Fisher, big Pac-12 guy. If the Thunder drafted Evan Mobley, every game would be spent talking about how great USC is and talking about how great the Pac-12 is. And oh my goodness, can you imagine? Chris Fisher lights up whenever there's a Pac-12 player that checks into the floor and checks onto the floor, and you'd be giving Chris Fisher a Pac-12 guy who would hopefully be your number two on a championship kind of core for this team long term. That would be almost 
again, almost nauseating to hear Chris Fisher go on and on about the Pac-12. Obviously, it's no big deal, and I'm just giving Chris a hard time. He's a, he does a great job, truly. I think that uh, he, he's a really, really talented broadcaster. We all have those biases as well. I overrate Kansas guys to the moon. Uh, I thought Josh Jackson would be great just because he played at Kansas, and I like to watch him there for the Jayhawks. We all have these kind of biases. It's no big deal whatsoever. Now, coming up, let's talk about where Evan Mobley will be available in this year's NBA draft and how he fits with the Oklahoma City Thunder. But first, I want to say right now about our good friends over at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sport action. Baseball is in full swing, and you can track all that action at BetOnline. Get all of this news, odds, and information on your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their playoff run. Head to the website or even use your mobile device and sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportbook experts. BetOnline.ag, promo code locked on. 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportbook experts. We are back on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Let's talk now about where Evan Mobley is available. The Ringer, ESPN, Bleacher Report, Tankathon, DraftNet all have Evan Mobley at two. The Athletic, CBS, NBC, and my personal big board has Evan Mobley at three. So he's going to go in the top three. I think that that's a, a, a guarantee. I would be stunned if he didn't go number two. Uh, I just personally love Jalen Green, and I would take Jalen Green number two, but I'd be stunned if that's the kind of feeling around the NBA once it comes to draft day on July 29th and, and once we see who wins the lottery on June 22nd and how the lottery shakes out from there. Now, the ceiling and the floor for Evan Mobley. His ceiling is a high-level score in the interior that plays great defense. I think his floor is still very good. I think his floor could be a Serge Ibaka career arc where he's a really talented player. He's a really important contributor. He's a really hands-on type of guy in the sense of he'll make his presence known on a championship-level team, and he'll be kind of a glue player. And then, hopefully, as we've seen with other big men later on in their careers, can they add a jump shot? Can they add a, a jump shot from beyond the arc? Um, maybe. We'll see with that. So it's a it's a good ceiling and floor for Evan Mobley. It's why he's a top three player, because even his floor is not terribly bad. Uh, now, the NBA comps, I mean, maybe Chris Bosh. We talked about Serge Ibaka. And then there's always the chance he's Marvin Bagley, where he's just overhyped and is not very good. But I don't personally see that happening for Evan Mobley. I don't think it would be Marvin Bagley bad. I just gave you what I think his ceiling and his floor is. Now, for the Thunder, what does this look like if the Thunder draft him? I think in the future, you can bank on Evan Mobley being an all-star, you know, a multi-time all-star at some point, um, and, and a starter right away rotationally for this team you know, upcoming year. Uh, and, of course, for the long haul, he's an all-star level player. Uh, but I'm not sure if I would label him as a superstar. I think an all-star is a very measured and reasoned um, 
future role to expect from him. Roster impact, Moses Brown is no longer a starter, which is incredible. Um, obviously, Moses Brown is not a starting level center in the NBA. Uh, I'm not really sure anything beyond that for this year. Of course, you cut ties with, with Moses Brown after this year, so his contract is no longer guaranteed. I don't think you bring back Tony Bradley, of course. I don't think you do that anyway. If you if you uh, don't draft Mobley or you do draft Mobley, uh, even though Tony Bradley was a really good player, and I think that he's better than Moses Brown. I'm just not sure it's in the cards to bring him back. But other than that, it's not a real roster impact immediately, but again, it does phase out Moses Brown. And this does fill an area of need. Now, it has huge boomer bust potential, but you could lock down your center of the future and, and just throw away the key and know and sharpie in who your center is. And that's yet another position that you can sharpie in. You have to think to yourself, how many positions, if I told you right now, you had to write down and label who your point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center are in the year of our Lord 2026, how many would you feel confident in sharpening in? Writing it in sharp without question, they're going to be there and in that slot. So getting that ability, getting that luxury of knowing that you have the center of your future in Evan Mobley would be a big deal. Now, I think it's far too early to concern yourself with positional need, but center is a positional need for the Oklahoma City Thunder. So if he's the best available player and you get to fill a needed position, well, that's just working out hunky-dory, isn't it? Again, that boomer bust potential does not scare Oklahoma City. They're a franchise that will take the swing nine times out of ten. He can play great alongside SGA. I mean, that is a match made in heaven. As much as I'm afraid of Evan Mobley, my fears get dampened, and they're almost none when you remember that in this scenario, Evan Mobley will be playing alongside SGA. They're that good of a duo. And, and as I said earlier in the show, I think Mobley would love to play with SGA as well. I think that if you kind of had him write down his preferences, SGA would be at the top of that list. Why the Thunder shouldn't take him? He's a big man that cannot extend the floor right now, and I'm not sure he'll ever uh, be a go-to guy or anything more than a complimentary piece. I'm not really for certain of that. That's really the only reasons why not. Uh, And again, those are all kind of things that are not all that scary, and there's a reason why he's in everybody's top three, even mine. For as much as I talk about being scared of the big fella, uh, of the big positions, you know, the center spot and the seven-footers, I still put him number three on my big board. Like it's not like I have him at twenty here. I, he's he's going to be very good. He's going to be very talented, and he's worth the risk. He's worth the swing. So let me know what you think of Evan Mobley on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles at R Y L A N underscore S T I L E S. If you don't have Twitter, you can email the show lothunderpod at gmail.com. And if you don't have the email or don't want to use your email, you can call in 405-362-7122. Eight. Now, coming up this week, we're going to have another draft profile on Jaden Springer out of the University of Tennessee, and we'll have our chat with our draft expert, Richard Stamen, as well as have our second weekly mock draft regarding the Locked On Podcast Network. All of our hosts got our picks finalized on Monday, and we'll be rolling that out pretty shortly here this week. Uh, of our lottery mock draft we do every single week. Where do we end up on this Tankathon spin? Find out if it's good or if it's really bad. We'll have to wait and see later on this week. So a lot to get to. Follow along anywhere you get your podcast from. It's the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder, so be sure to follow along. 
Check out BricktownBuckets.com as we await our next episode of Locked on Thunder. Until then, be good and be good to one another.